Welcome to Hot Salad World, baby. Ay, hace mucho calor. Don't know the power of the dark side. Welcome everybody, friends, Romans, countrymen, friends and to neighbors. the friends and neighbors to the. To the Countryside Dork Side <laughs> Podcast. The, to the Dork Side Podcast. We are not Countryside. I am one of your two hosts, Mike. And I am Country Fried Dan. Where did the country... Oh, I said countryman. I was like, where did country come from? You just like really rolled with that. Yeah, before you were about to say Dork Side, you said C. And so I was like, he's going for country again. The Countryside Dork Side Podcast. Yeah, well, I don't know. we can be the Countryside Dork Side Podcast. I'll but, do the whole thing in a southern accent. Really It'll be great. Uh, anyway... Uh, everybody, we would like to start the show off today. Before we get into our, our main topic of the day, a couple trailers dropped this week for some notable 2017 movies. Mm, didn't seem important to me, actually. Oh, all right. Well, I'm just kidding. <laughs> the first one that dropped uh, on Saturday morning, I believe, Yes. Uh, was the Justice League trailer. The first real full-length trailer, because the last trailer that came out was sort of billed as uh, quote unquote Comic Con footage. Comic Con, yeah, footage. Um, and special footage. Yeah. So this was really the first official trailer, and then we got uh, earlier today, yesterday, whenever you're listening, depending on when you're listening to this, yesterday, two days ago, whatever. Um, we got the second trailer for Spider Man Homecoming, which comes out this July. Yeah. Um. So Dan, let's let's talk about these trailers a little bit. I mean, did you like both of them? Did you not like both of them? What were your What were your thoughts? Well. Out of the gate, Justice League, Saturday morning. Yeah, let's talk about that one um, first. Leading up to this, there's been there's no debating that this was like one of the most anticipated trailers of the year. Um, people freaking like insatiably like clamoring for this trailer, writing to Zack Snyder being like, Where's the trailer, you piece of shit? Like to the point where Zack Snyder was like, Hey, well, I'm coming to your house. It's not just me. Like I'm I'm on this a studio schedule and when they want to release a trailer, we'll release the trailer. People act like he's carrying it around on like a flash drive in his back pocket. Like, oh no, I want to see the Justice League yo, trailer, buddy. Yo, I got a Justice I got a Justice League trailer right here and none of you are gonna get it. Like the okay. So there's that. And so people are like, Where's that trailer? Where's that Justice League trailer, you scumbag? People are like, you know, like and then the trailer drops. And like, okay, okay I'm, I'm gonna save my, I'm gonna save my opinion of the trailer, but the trailer drops, and then unanimously, nobody watched it with an open mind. The same people were, was like, I can't wait for the Justice League. Where the hell is the Justice League trailer? Or like, I hate it. Well, you know, what? and it's, so it's, it's like hard when it comes to trailers. I feel like people they were are... gonna hate it if it came out this month, last month. So what fuck were you asking for the trailer for? If when it came out. You were just gonna say I hate it if well, it was you know what? I mean, January, February, March, or April. There were a lot of people that hated it, but I also I saw a lot of reaction on my timeline of people that that enjoyed it. You know, it's it just obviously it's, I did. Yeah, it, it's whatever. I mean, it's when with trailers, especially like when it's not the first piece of footage that you've seen from a movie, people are sort of inclined to have a positive reaction. It just or a negative reaction, whatever reaction you think you're going to have to the movie, that's the reaction you want to have to the trailer because you want to enjoy the movie. There's one guy in particular who I'm not going to name that I'm friends with on Facebook that was like, where's the trailer? Where is the trailer? Where's the trailer? Yeah, and then, John. Wait, <laughs> there's no John. Um, so the, the – uh, where's the trailer? Where's the trailer? Where's the trailer? 
trailer comes out, told you Cyborg was going to look like a piece of shit. Yeah, okay. Cyborg does not look good. I agree but with like, John. Where? Why did you need to make it a thing to be asking for a trailer if you quote-unquote knew it was going to be shit? Just shut the fuck up then and yeah. don't ask for the trailer. Wait for a like, different movie. Some fans are just so entitled when it comes to this kind of stuff. Listen, it's a, it's a movie at the end of the day. I know we sit here. It's important. To, we make it impo- as important yeah, as it it's, is. You know, but... we sit, we sit and we talk about it, and we you know, and we like have these long debates over these movies. But at the end of the day, it's just a movie, and people are so entitled. And you know, like you said, they attack people like Zack Snyder on social media over this kind of stuff. It's stupid. At the end of the day, it's a movie. It's either going to be good. It's going to be bad. It is what it is. It's a movie. So my opinions then now going into watching the trailer were um, mixed. Pros, I think it looked. Um, I liked the. I liked the. I like the. I, I like the specifically. I wouldn't say the cinematography, but I really like the color grading on these films on uh, on the DC films. I don't so much love the design sensibility. Of this movie, I think there was a lot of design sensibility from Don Justice that was much better, and um, I'll I'll leave that maybe off to the side. But I think that design wise, the, oh, the movie looked fun. I think that the movie by by uh, by standards of like Batfleck and Wonder Woman looked like more of the same from the from Dawn of Justice, but just that it looked like more of the same. Which is startling because I know that I'm pretty positive that they turned they turned Aquaman into like this like the comic relief because they asked him to do the strong silent type thing on set and they got the acting that he did on Frontier and they were like oh oh god this is dirty <laughs> oh no like, this is the real please Jason please Momoa. just play yourself please just play yourself in real life we realize we've never heard you speak English in a project before so please uh please start. Just being yourself. He's actually like a really like funny, charismatic guy. Like, yeah, so, so no, no. people would be better that's off letting I'm, him play that part. That's why I'm fairly optimistic. I'm fairly not optimistic, but I'm ba- fairly um, I'm fairly certain that that he got to set and they were like, okay, well, you're doing something different than what we have in mind. So let's yeah. just go for just you in general. That's and cool. so now, but I, I like Aquaman. You know things are screwed up in your world when the character that you've hated the most your whole life for no other reason than going, he's lame. Is is the favorite your favorite part of a trailer? Yeah. Well, I mean, I mean that's kind of what they had to do. It's kind of like uh, Hulk and the Avengers. You know, they had to find a way to make him cool because it was sort of it was kind of at that point where people yeah. didn't think he was cool anymore. So, um. But but yeah. yeah what do I you mean, think? It definitely. I don't want to. I don't want to sit and bash it because it definitely had its positive moments. But my problem with the whole thing, um, and you know, this maybe just the trailer. Or it may be like my feeling on what we've gotten so far towards the movie as a whole, but it just felt tone deaf to me. Mm. Um, I think that's the best way I can describe it because it looks the same. It looks like Batman vs Superman. It's dark. The parademons are like weird looking. The costumes are the same. Everything's the same. Uh, nothing looks any different. And the story doesn't seem like it's going to be any different. They're still trying to pack in as many characters as possible. We saw Lois Lane. We saw uh, Billy Crudup as uh, Henry Allen. We saw, you know, all these characters. We saw J.K. Simmons as Commissioner Gordon. And at the same time, they're trying to, like, put in these jokes, which were funny. They worked, you know, like the... You know, what is your superpower, but Batman? Just, I'm rich. It just seems slipped in. It seems like, exactly. It's like in a relationship, too little, too late. Exactly. It's like, you're. T- that's why it felt tone deaf to me, because it's like, you're you're making the same thing 
but thinking that people's complaint was, oh, it just wasn't funny. It's like, no, it's not just that it wasn't funny. It's just the whole thing was not light enough. And it, it's really like a, it's, it's, it's like you're meeting them. You're trying to meet people halfway by putting in these jokes, but also just making the same kind of movie. Yeah. Um, and like, like I said, I don't want to, I don't want to speak too much on the movie, but that was my impression of the trailer. And right. that was that was what I didn't enjoy about the trailer. Uh, the, uh, if you look at it for what it is, though, it had funny moments. It had enjoyable moments. Some of the action stuff looks cool. I mean, I still think Zack Snyder does Batman as good as anybody. Right. Um, but other than that, I mean, I, I thought Cyborg looks really lame. I'm gonna tell you I something. Flash looks we didn't think about. Lame. We've me and Mike have already spoken of this trailer already because uh, obviously things come out and we just automatically. We're write actually each other. friends in real life. <laughs> so we've talked about this already, but something I don't think we've considered, which I wanted to mention, is just kind of like, um, we have to be careful what 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 is said about this trailer. Because I said but we're gonna talk about the nature of trailers when we talk about Homecoming, mm-hmm. because. I have a whole uh, thesis on that, he but um, but I think that people were predisposed to not to whatever was put out. This wasn't going to be good enough, um, which you know what is all is on is is on the fans, but it's also on the studio. You give shit, you get shit back. Um, but also at the same point, people were going were going to not like this from the beginning. They were walking into this going, ah, okay, impress me. Well, it's hard to impress someone at negative six. Yeah. So I'll admit, uh, per- personally, but I went in. I, I I was I've been burned by these movies, as I've said on this podcast a million times. I've been burned by these movies, and I went in. I I couldn't keep the most open mind. It just was impossible. For so me. you're not going to go back up to like you're not going to go back up to like seven. You're going to maybe go from a negative six to a negative three. If the exactly the, uh, the only thing that can really push me over into positive territory is seeing the movie and going, the movie. fuck, I was wrong. Exactly. But. But also at the same time, the same thing's going to happen when you see the movie. So I, this is something to consider, and I want anyone listening to consider who is pro- realizing now that they were predisposed to not liking the trailer no matter what they saw. The writing right now as it sits looks shallow. The movie looks like a shallow grave of a movie writing-wise. But what I want you to realize is if this wasn't the sequel to Batman v Superman and the Suicide Squad universe movie, this... As close to the movie as this seems, because they put out a first trailer really, really, really late. I want you to realize that this is trailer numero uno. (laughs) And usually the first trailer of a movie is the short one where they show you only the hero side of things. In in the first trailer for a superhero movie. Notice in the first Guardians trailer, we saw quick cuts of the heroes. Notice in any Marvel movie you've ever seen, we should see quick cuts of the... It's that second trailer, the one that they... Or the third one where they titled Final Trailer. That's... You get Ultron. I was designed to save the world. Like, that's the one where you get the villain. You remember that... You get the writing. The the trailers for Batman vs. Superman, the first trailer was kind of universally panned. Like, people didn't like it, but then... When that second trailer came With out, with Affleck that, running into the yeah, smoke, the comic like, the Comic Con yeah. trailer that had everything that had everyone in it, that was like when people were like, "All right, cool, let's give this movie a chance." So I agree. You know, I don't want to, like I said, I don't want to judge it people too much on this trailer. People are taking this are taking this first trailer as because again, it's because it's so close to deadline on this film. Yeah, that people are taking the first trailer for this as the final trailer, as trailer, as trailer, as the finishing trailer. Because they gave us a trailer that included a lot of that special Comic-Con footage. So it seems really long for a first trailer to the point where it reads more like a final trailer. Whereas a lot of it was stuff we've seen. Which was a lot of it was all stuff we've seen already. So you really have to go, well, 
this was their first tasting of this movie, really. The last thing we got, we only got because someone leaked it, and Zack Snyder was like, we got to release this now, like the same day. Yeah. Like, okay, it was leaked, just like the stuff from Batman v Superman, the time that they showed the uh, trailer in the movie theater. Like, like they're, yeah, they're, they're like preempting the leaks now, because yeah. like, they, we expect the leaks. So we got something released off a leak, we got something released, and now this was more of that, including the rest of the stuff that they were going to make the first trailer. And now people are going, the writing, you know, my, my, my brother and I included and you, we all just said that the writing looks awful, because we didn't, we don't know what the story is, but you usually don't in the, like... In the first Guardians trailer, it's all I have to refer to recently. That's the first trailer, you know. In the first Guardians trailer, um, we've now gotten the second one uh, where we spoke about uh, like a week or two ago. Yeah, we got the second one. But in that first one, you don't know what the story is. No, it's just it's just it's it's quick things. It's quick things of your heroes that you're waiting to return. The only bit of dialogue we got in it really was like the you know your deepest darkest secrets, bah, and the whole like you know. Don't press that button. And then, I am Groot. I am Groot. Is Rocket from Groot? Brooklyn in this movie? Huh? I feel like Rocket went full Brooklyn in this movie. He was in the last one, too. But it was, but you know, it's like, this was a first trailer. It reads like a final trailer. Maybe they gave us too much because they waited too long. And now it was too much, too little, too late for people. But it's like, you know, uh, I, I don't think that this trailer is a fair sense of things for people to go, looks like shit. You know, I don't think, at this point, I don't think it looks great. But I also am not going to sit here and go. Well, looks like more of the same. I have no idea let's, what this let's, is. I don't want to spend too much time on this. Let's just let's move on and talk about the homecoming trailer also because I want to get that in here. Um, you had some strong opinions on yeah. that. Let's just say st- flat out, there was nothing in this trailer that we have content wise to debate. No. We both we both thought it looks. Spider-Man: like, Homecoming looks like a grand slam of a movie. It, was it a looks good, excellent. Good idea. Well executed. Michael Keaton is it looks like my favorite thing ever. Like he always is. You're a big Keaton fan, um, but you had some problems. I didn't really have many problems, and I don't want to like sit and try and. I'm gonna make this very it. quick because I mentioned this during Guardians, um, but this was my problem with the superhero movies on display right here. Well, congratulations, Marvel and Sony. I do not need to go see this movie if I was not if I wasn't listen if I wasn't a, if I was not a casual fan at this point. I don't need to go see this movie because they showed the whole goddamn movie in this trailer. The whole trailer is in the whole movie's in the trailer. We know what happens during the fairy scene now in the movie. We know how Iron Man chimes in. We see how he helps him. We see um we see his relationships with these other characters. We see the f- final fight with Vulture. We see that Tony takes a suit away from him and that he. Um, he he needs to like kind of like you know battle it out in his like jammies. We see all these things that would have been great moments for the movie. We see a great cameo moment of Captain America on TV and the like you know I stole his shield. Yeah. That would have been better saved for the movie. We see all these friggin' important it's cool like, yeah, moments. You, you can piece you everything together to the point where they did this with Age of Ultron. They did this with Civil War, and you kind of went, oh, I'm sure they're pulling a lot of punches. I'm gonna get a lot of surprises in the theater. <laughs> We got none. You went to you went to Civil War. Oh, maybe about the only surprise you got was Giant Man if you hadn't seen the pop figure already. But no, there's no there's never any surprises for these movies anymore. Because now when they're not releasing this trailer, they're gonna be releasing clips. And once those clips are done, you're gonna see the entire scene, um, a la Paul Rudd with the "Thanks for thanking of me" in Civil War to the point where you when you go see the movie, you go, "Oh, great! This movie was a, a sh- was 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 a was the trailer version 9.0." 
I'll, I'll agree. The, honestly, all the all the, the the movie does for you at this point is sort of put Further's everything. Further the trailer. It, it pieces everything together. So it's like where you're getting these things out of order. It's like, oh, okay, so this goes here. This goes there. This is why this is happening. It gives you context. It's like, you know, it's like if you go see a Broadway show and you listen to the cast album. It's like, yeah, you're not getting all the all the scenes in between, but you're getting all the songs. So you know the whole bulk of the show. Some someone recently told me, you know, tonight that it's like they put it in my face that it's so bi- this trailer biased is friggin' is atrocious. Bat, uh, Justice League puts out their trailer. You showed us too much, and it's too late for you. Fuck you, Warner Brothers. And then friggin' Marvel does it, and it's like Marvel. Thank you for everything. Oh my god. And it's just like it's so annoying to the There's point you know. where it's just like, you know, I I I don't I don't love these DC movies as much as like the next guy. But also at the same point, it's like, oh my god, screw you if you think that that's that Homecoming trailer was anywhere acceptable in the realm of what you need to show to make people intrigued. The first trailer was intriguing. This was too much. That's you know that's what it is. It's like there's there's definitely got to be a distinction made between like how you feel about the movie from the trailers and how you feel about the trailers. Because obviously I feel better about Homecoming as a movie than I do Justice League. But I think we can both admit that Justice League was a better trailer. Right, because that's predisposition. Like exactly. Like I said before, that's not the trailers anymore. That's predisposition. I think that predisposition creates that bias, yeah. that trailer bias, to the point where now it's a psychological pattern that people fall into. Yeah, and there's a difference between like thinking, seeing what uh, what you see in the trailers and thinking it's cool. Like, listen, there's a million things that I saw in that Spider-Man trailer that I thought were cool. Oh, yeah. But it's also like, did I need to see them now? Like, I don't know. It's it's, it's a nitpicky thing to get into, but at the same it was time, the, but to I be think fair, we deserve, especially after the movies like Star Wars, where we got so little, I think we deserve a little bit more to look forward to need, in the theater. No, we need just more of the what Star Wars did. Star yeah, Wars set the tone. Oh, that's what you're saying. Yeah, that's exactly yeah. What Marvel I'm set the tone for how uh, Star Wars set the tone for how trailers should be. Logan also followed suit. Uh-huh. Um, I think that I think that that's the way movies should be now. Um, I think that stu- some studios are getting the hint that there that there are fans like me that now I didn't even. I, to be honest with you guys, I didn't think about the, the fact that if the trailer was good, until my brother. Uh, and or Mike asked me if I thought it was good. My first thought coming out of the gate was, uh, can I unsee that? <laughs> I swear to God, those were my first thoughts. I'm not trying to be like, hey, like, oh, he's trying to prove his point. No, those were my first exact yeah, thoughts. Yeah, was, oh, crap, can I unsee this? It's almost like for certain things, it's like so if, you're, if, you're, if you're really like looking forward to a movie, it's... Especially if it, it looks good. It doesn't, yeah, it, it doesn't matter if the trailer, if the stuff in the trailer is good. It's like it's and, worse if the stuff in the trailer is good. Yeah, because I, I would. Because if like you to go, if the trailer looks like if the movie looks like absolute shit, you're gonna see the trailer and go, well, thank God I saw that whole thing. Now I know I'm getting into a piece of shit movie. <laughs> this was like, oh come on, why did I watch this? Why? Why can't I unsee this? So that's my feeling on it. Listen, that kid. My brother said it best, and this is him. He couldn't be here tonight, but he was gonna. He was going to give his thoughts on it. But he made a great point today, and he said that you know this is the first time we're getting a Spider-Man who, even though he's English, does an amazing, like subtle New York accent yeah, that I, you does. know, me and Joe, you know, my brothers, you know, kind of have ourselves being from New York. But you know, this this kid grew up in grew up in Queens, and he sounds like Queens for once, and it's subtle and it's amazing, and he find this kid feels like the kid Peter Parker. He reads like him and Tony's relationship with him looks absolutely perfect. This yeah. movie is going to be pitch perfect and uh, you know, because of Spider-Man's costume this movie doesn't look like uh 
uh, an ink blot just yeah. on paper. It looks amazing. It looks very vibrant oh. and very cool. Yeah, I think it looks good. But now, uh, for our main topic of the day. For the main course. For the main course. Let's pivot back to DC, and not in the way that we typically do. Now I'm so bummed out, though. Yeah. <laughs> now I'm like, now these soap operas are all I have left. Yeah, well, it's, it's not a bad thing to have. We're going to talk about today the uh, the Arrowverse. Now, for those unfamiliar, the Arrowverse is the universe of shows, uh, DC shows that airs on the CW pretty much every day of the week. If you If you tune into the CW, most of the time you can catch one of these shows. Um... These shows. No, you can't. What? No, you can't. Why? Oh, because didn't they, didn't you hear what I mentioned last week? What? Uh, that uh, oh, the Flash is going to be on. Is another on another hiatus until April twenty fifth. The I Flash, mean, the, the Flash is in Supergirl is. Flash two. Flash two. Flash two. Are you sure? Hundred percent. Oh, that's hundred percent. Anyway, we'll, we'll, we can. It's ridiculous. Uh, it's ridiculous. Uh, anyway, I love these shows. Bro, I'm not trying to knock them, but, but you, you know what? what? You can't be perfect. But you know what? It's not. It's not. You can't be I don't. I, for whatever reason it is, uh, it's it's all the CW shows because I watch Riverdale too, and Riverdale was just on Hades for like three weeks. Oh, also. I'm not bashing. I'm just saying like it's like it's a no. It's like not my favorite thing. I mean, it's, when you like something, it's an when you thing, yeah. well, it's also a credit to if you like something, it's like you know you gotta have it. And, I'd rather yeah exactly. And, and I'd rather know. I'd rather have the seasons over in. I mean, I'm sure there's a reason for why they do it, but I'd rather have the seasons over in March than have the seasons be over in May and have to wait weeks in between. Oh yeah, yeah. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. It's like I'd rather, but I'd rather, I'd rather, I'd rather go with having the thing at a better, at a better quality level than having them just rush out these episodes and be pieces of crap. That's neither, that's neither here nor there. Um, don't let the fact that sometimes they take a week or two in between episodes pers- just persuade you from watching them. They are great shows. <laughs> it's so counterproductive. We were, I was gonna say, we're trying to get people into these shows, and we just like said, no, yeah, no, this no, is what's no. bad. No, oh no, that well, you know, good luck that we got it over early because that like that pinprick is the only really about the only thing yes. that I would say is bad about is bad about any part of the CW. Like being yeah, exactly watching these shows. So these four shows, uh, the four shows are Arrow, The Flash, Legends of Tomorrow, and Supergirl. So basically, what we're gonna do here is we're just sort of gonna give you guys a primer, you know, tell tell you a little bit about what these shows are. Uh, if you so if that way for the people that. Don't watch them. You can kind of decide, you know, what you want to watch. Because really, you know, the way that these shows work is they can be better appreciated if you watch all of them together. And, you know, watching all of them gives you a little bit more that you can enjoy about the others. But if you wanted to jump into any of these shows just by themselves, you can do it. Easy. You know, there's nothing you're going to miss. It's not like going to see Spider-Man 3 before you see Spider-Man 1 and 2. It's like you can jump into these movies. Do people do that? What? Jump into just watch sh- one? Yeah, I know. I know people that just watch The Flash. I know people that just watch Supergirl. It's so weird to me. Oh, you know what? It's just like some some of the shows I think are more accessible because Arrow started earlier. Legends is a little bit more like in deep. Remember when Arrow started? I would eat my. I was in my dorm at the time, and I would eat my ice cream in front of the TV or my cereal, and I would just be the. I know I'd be the only one in like a five block radius watching the show. Yeah. And like, no one I knew watched it. And I was like, I'm so glad I watched this show. I can't talk to anyone about it. It took a season or so to get it. Like, not that the first season was, was bad. The first season was excellent. Oh, but no, it no. Took, yeah. It took a while to find its audience. Well, yeah. When I would did. tell people, it's great. People were like, oh, come on. Are you fucking kidding me? It's the CW. Yeah. You, yeah that's, that was, was my. Like, it's nothing like Smallville, people. It's nothing like it. There's, that was my reaction. You, you got me to watch it. And that was my reaction totally. I think people are predisposed to think a certain way about CW shows. And yeah, listen. These shows are soapy. They're cheesy. They're campy. Yeah, please, please know that now. These shows 
Do not read like a movie. Don't go. The the acting's bad because it's like campy. These shows are campy. These shows are super are super soaps. These are super soap operas. Yeah. Like the for for real. Like there's no part of this where you're gonna go. This is not corny. Maybe except Arrow. There's moments on the show where you can go. This is specifically not corny. But the whole by and large, the whole thing is corny. Yeah. But. It's a corny side, that is acceptable and palatable to a point where you love it. Exactly. It makes it uh, – that's the, the, the cheesiness of it, the sort of soapiness of it. And I'm not saying cheesy looking I mean, because, you know, like the special effects on these shows are incredible for the budget that show. they have. Like, guys, like, even saying it, I'd think that I'd hate this show, like yeah. these shows. I think I'd hate them. But, like, you watch them and for some reason you friggin' love them and you don't know why. And they're, they're just – I mean, they're so well written. They're so well put together. Um, you know, they have their highs and lows like any TV show, especially ones that have been on for as long as these have. Um, but, but I don't even know that if they're so well written or the or if they're written, written well enough and the cast that they have play these act, these characters sell them well enough. I think, I think it's, it's a, a com- good combo yeah. of both I think, sometimes. Absolutely. Because even a- the bad episodes, the good the good the good actor, the, the actors balance out the writing that you'd find questionable. Yeah, I think it's a combination of the two for so, sure most, because yeah. because it's just the, they're lovable characters and I think they're lovable characters because of the writing and because of the actors. Right. Um so th- that being said, so we're going to we'll give our primer, talk to you a little bit about these shows, you know, kind of give you what these shows are about. If you want to jump in, we'll help you figure out which ones are right for you. Hopefully you watch all of them, but I know that's a that's a heavy load to lift. Um, and then uh, we'll we'll sort of give a warning and we'll wrap up the show by talking about what's going on in these shows right now for people that actually watch them. Um, you know, these shows don't have the biggest audience, so I don't know how many of you watch them. We hope that there's some of you out there, or we'll be talking into the abyss. They got good enough audiences. All right, well let's do it. So the first show that started off this universe and the one that gave it its uh, unofficial name, the Arrowverse, was Arrow. Um, Arrow started a few years ago. I think it's it's in its uh, fifth season now, and it follows the adventures of Oliver Queen, the uh, well, the hood, right? the hood when he first yeah. started, and uh, basically he he shows up back in Starling City, his home city, after five years of being trapped on a desert island. Good old cat poop, John. <laughs> what? Good old cat poop, John. <laughs> Cat poop, John. <laughs> the hood in the uh, Russian <laughs> flashbacks last episode. Uh, Duff was like Uka Pujon, and I was like Cat poop, John. <laughs> That's how you You're jumping hooded. a little too far ahead. I'm here. sorry. I just you said arrow, and I said ah, Cat poop, John. The hood. No one. It was this, the first. You're gonna make people think this is like a thing that people say when this is just nonsense <laughs> oh, you're making up on oh, the spot. Oh yeah. Um. <laughs> Go ahead. So. Uh, Anyway, he comes back from this island, sort of a, a changed dude. Um, he's still laughing. I was picturing with cat poop on his costume. Why do you do a podcast for yourself? You could just entertain yourself. Possible. Anyway, gets back from this island and he's there's something changed about him. His friends, his family see something different. Little do they know, he took up. Uh, I guess we'd say he took up archery on the island. And yeah. he decides that he wants to become a vigilante um, because his dad had this list of people back in Starling City. His dad, who died in the shipwreck. It was his burn book. Yeah. It was essentially like, these are the people that don't deserve to be living anymore. And Oliver decides to make it his mission when he gets back home that he's going to wipe out the people on this list. And through various adventures, picks up different sidekicks, different friends, different family. And uh, yeah, it, it is... It is definitely the darkest show in the CW-verse. 
Um, it also is the one with the most seasons. So I think, uh, you know, if you were the type of person that needs a little less cheese to sort of work you into this universe, this would be a good place to start, especially yeah. since it is the beginning. Um, Interestingly enough, I feel like Arrow once read more like uh, like Netflix Deadpool than it did like a soap opera. And I feel like Flash pulled it into that pulled it into that realm further. And I feel like when they were villain of the week. Like you mean I, that like Daredevil? Yeah, that's what I said. Oh, you said Deadpool. Oh, Daredevil. I get what you're saying. Like very like street level kind of yeah, gritty and like dark. Yeah, like gritty and dark and the, like, the acting was trying to like not be a soap opera. And I feel like with Flash, they really embraced that whole mm. – that whole status quo. Yeah, so I think definitely for the first couple seasons, you at get least, something really gritty. It's like... yeah, it's a, it definitely a little darker, a little bit different, a little bit less cheesy. Um, but it still has its you know CWE yeah. romances and stuff. Yeah. Um, then in season two, you know, we won't talk specifics and we'll get spoilers. Um, but at some point there, what? Poop, <laughs> <laughs> John. <laughs> I'm sorry. Season two. Anyway. Um, it's season two of Arrow. They introduce Barry Allen, who uh, you may know is the Flash. Um, not when he's he's just introduced as Barry Allen in in Arrow, but uh, they decided to introduce him there so that they could spin him off into his own show, uh, The Flash. Yay! Gotta say, Flash. If you're looking to get into this universe, Flash might be the place to start because Arrow's a commitment. Arrow's five seasons to get through. The Flash, they're only on their third. Um, so it's a little bit more to it's a little bit less to go through um and it is it is the most popular it is the favorite of most people that watch it uh it's our favorite i would i would say yeah definitely um it is just far and away i think the best show out of these out of these four and it's just fun it's so much fun it's so much it is everything that arrow isn't and you know they they present barry and oliver that way on the show it's just like well oliver is like dark and brooding not i mean not as much the flash is miserable now like uh like uh with, with like it's with its content this season like not not in a way that is like disengaging but in a way that is like the it's, tone tonal shift i'd say it's gotten a, it's gotten a listen, little listen people you can't have a show that is that it just doesn't it doesn't pan out that way you can't have a show that is happy 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 all the time so i just want to make sure we're creating a portrait of people know that at some point in in the flash they're going to get a realistic portrayal of what it means to be a hero and sometimes that means taking the good with the bad you know yeah and there's some and there's some gut punches in here there's some sad stuff there's some yeah there's some scenes that's what if, i'm saying if you want to look it up there's a video of kevin smith watching one of the episodes of the show and just crying <laughs> yeah that's what i'm saying it's an emotional that... journey but but that i think it's because it's such a good show and it's, it has characters that are so engaging and people that you really like get to care about um but out of the out of the four it is on the lighter side of the spectrum yes for sure for sure 100 percent. um and it follows the adventures of barry allen um, in the beginning of the show, he is struck by lightning, and when most people would have been killed by that, under the circumstances that he was struck, which you will find out in the show, he gets super speed and becomes the Flash. And with the help of his team at Star Labs, he fights other people that are like him, other metahumans. Yep. That's about the size of it. Are you, if you're laughing at Cat Poop John again, so help me. <laughs> no. That was Cat Poop Barry. There wasn't even a John. There was no John. Anyway. No one out there finds this as funny as you do. Oh, I'm sure. sure. Anyway. After uh after the Flash, 
they decided to basically spin off a bunch of side characters from Flash and Arrow. Seriously? No, no, I forgot the fact. That is totally not funny. This is so serious. Oh, man. Anyway, I'll never think of it again, I promise. Please don't. You're, you're interrupting my flow. Um, Go ahead, please. They decided that they wanted to take uh, a bunch of side characters who were interesting enough in their own right, but like not interesting enough to have their own show. I know at one point they were talking about having like an Adam spinoff, but they decided to like just let's just take a bunch of recurring characters from the Flash and from Arrow, and put them on a team up show, and they made Legends of Tomorrow. What a smart, smart idea in the wake of like movies like Guardians of the Galaxy to take these like B list characters yeah, like these and make characters. a team on a ship. It's very, it's very indicative of what they were doing with Guardians. Yeah, absolutely. But very like you know. Uh, very smart for CW to take all these characters and people like kill them kill them and make them interesting again yeah. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> kill them that, that's the spectrum of characters on television yeah, like, shows it's like, it's like oh it's either I like them or murder them yeah it's like please I want them dead yeah it's like you can just have them there <laughs> I remember when like the first couple of seasons of these shows were going on they were like I really hope they kill this guy I really hope they it wasn't like oh I hope this person leaves the show peacefully yeah it's like oh, I want them dead I, I can't wait for them to kill this guy um so basically the concept of Legends of Tomorrow is uh Rip Hunter, who is a member of the Time Masters, a secret society that protects time, uh, comes back from the future that has been destroyed by a guy named Vandal Savage. Who is really good. Who is really good. Um, good villain. And he basically recruits a team of all these people from these assorted CW shows to form up a team and go and protect protect time. Yeah, and protect the time stream and and go cool. and and follow Vandal Savage through history to fight him. I love I love that show, the first season especially. I think that uh, I think Rip Hunter makes a really good uh, really good character that wasn't part of any show beforehand, but he comes on uh, Legends and kind of like, I don't know. He is the he was the show for me, and you have like characters like you know uh, Heat Wave and uh, Captain Cold that really make the show. Really, really, really intense. Yeah, you know what? The, the thing about this show, first and foremost, it is the campiest of all these shows. It is absolutely the campiest of all these shows. Um, especially the second season, it got goofy. But it, that's what really worked about it is because you have a lot of these kind of goofier characters. And it just works. It's a lot of fun. And I think what it really did well was these characters who were kind of like half fleshed out on these other shows. It really gave them new life. Uh, characters like you know, Captain, like Dan said, Captain Cold and Heatwave, who were vi who were villains on the Flash, come and have to be you know have to learn how to be heroes and have to learn and you really learn about their backgrounds and what they come from and sort of it makes them tick. It makes these some of these characters who were a little bit more two dimensional on their previous shows and makes them a little bit more three dimensional, which I thought is was a really interesting way to instead of letting these characters rot on Flash and Arrow. You really give them new life, and also, I thought it was a smart. It was a really smart way to handle it. Also, you have this really cool time traveling element. Like, if you're into just things about time travel, like you know, you're into the whole Back to the Future vibe. It's so cool just seeing them go to different uh, time periods. Yeah, definitely heavily inspired by that sort of vibe of just like you're going and not messing with history too much, and not talking to your former selves, and all that mm -hmm. kind of typical time travel uh, goodness. It's a lot of fun, and they, they travel to a bunch of different time periods, see a lot of different things you wouldn't expect to see, 
past, present, future. Definitely a very cool show. And finally, the last show. Oh, me, 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 oh. me do, me do. Oh, okay, go ahead, Dan. The last one, Supergirl. <laughs> and Supergirl is important because she is, well, okay. Some would say she's Superman's cousin. Supergirl's cousin is Superman. And Superman's, cu- Supergirl is, su- yes. Supergirl's yes. cousin is Superman. Superman. She was sent to uh, Earth by her parents, but her pod got knocked off course. And so when she got here, her cousin had already landed and become well, Superman. So basically, when, and, when Supergirl, is, when Superman is sent to Earth, um, Supergirl's like, 13 when superman's a baby like supergirl was was meant to be his protector like she was the older one and basically a like a crater bitch slapped her (laughs) and she ended up flying all over the place before landing on earth and her cousin was already like a 30 year old man yeah like she was sent here to protect him like as a kid and like watch over him and she ended up getting here and he was like he was already superman So so she got like raised and now like you know she is she is like a twenty something and she is basically working for this alien um Well no nope, pr- nope. You jump ahead. When the show starts, she's just like living a normal life. It's the second episode in. Is it? To the show. It's like two or three episodes in she starts she starts working with them. I didn't say Oh. She worked. Yeah, in the I'm first episode. A... Wait a minute. In the oh, yeah. first episode, she walks into the DEO and is like, "Give me a chance." Yeah. Well, but yeah. So basically, when it starts, she's like not using her powers. She's just like living a normal life. And one day, she's forced to reveal herself. In the first ten minutes of the first episode. In the first ten minutes of the first episode. You're right. I forgot. <laughs> um, and then, as Dan said, she comes into contact with this alien fighting organization. Organization, which we you will will save for you for the ep- for the first episode. But that's the plot of the show. You can't you can't mention the plot of the show without mentioning that. It's not, no, I thought for some reason position. I thought you were just like skipping into like what the main plot of the show was without like like the beginning of it. But no, no, was, that, that's yeah. it. That's all I would say. She works for a program, um, literally um, protecting and or fighting good and bad aliens. She's a great character. And just they, like such, yeah. basically like. It's just, just like the perfect incarnation of like what a Superman type character should be, and she's just so much, so much better. Because I feel like I've never seen a a good incarnation of Supergirl. Yeah. And Melissa Benoist is just incredible in this part, and yeah. it's it's a really great show, really well acted. Um, she's so much fun, and she's such a like she's just best hero out of all of these. Like she could, she could. You know what's interesting? Whoop was, any of these heroes watching... on any of these shows. I was watching uh, interviews for she was doing previous to the first episode coming out, and the show. For those that don't know, her name is Kara Zorel, and she'll she'll it'll do you well to know that it's Kara because she'll correct you on the show and she'll say it's Kara every time you say Kara, um, or Kira or Kira, yes. And so she was doing an interview on like a Good Morning America type show, and they say you play Kara Zorel and. She was like, and they asked the whole question, and then when she gave her answer, she was like, um, it's Kara. And then she gave her answer, and I was like, you know, that's so cool that she still stands up for the character even when she's not the character. Yeah. And just shows goes to show you the love that goes into making one of these shows. Um, and also, on Supergirl, these... you'll see a lot of cameos of a lot of cool characters that you care about. Yeah. That are, uh, like, you know, like like deep-cut characters in the comics. Um, like the Superman comics, the Supergirl comics, you know, um, it's really, it's a, it's a fun ride that show. Yeah. I, I, I'd very much compare the vibe of Supergirl to the flash. If you like 
the if you start watching the flash and you like that really fun vibe or vice versa if you start watching supergirl you know they they both they go together really well and you know yeah. when Barry and Kara finally do interact on the show um they get along so well because they're very much in the same vein as characters yeah. they're they're the more upbeat ones they are the more bright and shining like we like doing this hero thing yeah. kind of characters yeah and uh it just works really well like i said it's a lot of fun yeah it really is and um like i said you know you get a good real insight into you know what what you can like really how bright you can make these characters before they burst yeah like because they don't on these shows like really like like i said flash and supergirl are really fun and colorful and it works it works fine the movie studios that have you believe like we can't make these characters bright because it'll ruin the integrity of the characters and these shows go dark and gritty and these shows go uh excuse me no you don't sorry no you don't I'm not ruining anything. It was the most highly publicized thing, but Superman makes an appearance on Supergirl. Yeah, it was pretty highly and, publicized. And you you know didn't what? know that. Congratulations for avoiding it this long. Who, me? No, people. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. So Superman, I thought you meant me because that would probably be the first thing I reached to, but I want to make this about Kara. But, you know. Um, oh, you will, yeah. You will. But I, I'm a huge Superman fan, and Tyler Hecklin's Superman is excellent. It's probably my second favorite incarnation of Superman. But you know, what, yeah, film. I think, and I think that just speaks to the to the universe that they created here. Is it's just a great, it's a great universe of characters. They that really... you can drop someone like Superman in, and it still feels like Kara's show. Like yeah. She, like not even like 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 uh fi- like uh literally like metaphorically, it still feels like she's running the show. Yeah, well, it's kind of yeah, it's kind of like with with the Force Awakens. How you know behind the scenes they said that originally Luke was supposed to play more of a part in the movie, but they had to leave him until the end because he just like overpowered any scene that he stepped into. It's not like that on this show. When Superman comes in, it's like, oh, there's another supporting character and he's a great Superman and it's cool, but it doesn't take away from any of the, the fact that this is Supergirl. Like, it's, yeah. like it, it is very clearly Kara's show and like putting in some of these bigger uh, DC characters, even though they might be bigger in the canon of the comics, they don't overshadow any of the, the leads of the show. Right. And you know, it's also nice that they brought him in when they did. Because, like, if he has a moment where you feel like he's about to be overprotective, there's that feeling of, like, don't preach to me. I've been doing this without you. Please don't forget that. Yeah, exactly. They didn't They didn't put him in too early. He doesn't come in until, what? Season second? two. Yeah. So you already had a full season of seeing that Kara is perfectly capable of, of doing all of this without Superman around. And she really, she, she lets him know. Yeah. No, it, it, it's really, it's really true. And, uh... You know, just kind of like he's not the only character that chimes in from other parts of the Superman, Supergirl mythos, mythology. Um, but when they do, they all they all feel correct and like kind of tone appropriate. And so it's like no matter what we don't get with the movies, we get them in the shows. Yeah. And so, yeah, that's that's basically uh, that's the CW shows for you. That's the four right there. So to recap, Legends of Tomorrow, the super campy one, Flash and Supergirl, the sort of brighter of the bunch and arrows the the little uh the little taste of darkness yeah. um and you know it, it's really I, like i said i highly recommend if you have the time to dedicate to running through all these shows um watch all of them viewing order if you're really planning to watch all of them arrow seasons one and two then uh arrow season three and flash season one aired at the same time so you can start viewing them in that order uh, Supergirl was 
aired with Flash season two was the mm-hmm. first season, and so did Legends of Tomorrow, right? Yep. Okay, so yeah, so it's Arrow season one and two by themselves, then Flash season one comes in with Arrow season three. If you're watching by Arrow, Arrow season four, you can watch the other two. Oh my god, I don't know, how do you remember all the numbers like that? I don't know, it's just like, they stick out, so you know what, I try to remember them by like what happened, like mm-hmm. by like who the villains were, who like, and it kind of like helps me stick. Legends, Legends and Supergirl are easy because there's only two seasons thus far. The other ones are a little bit harder, but I hope that wasn't too confusing. Um, for anybody that wants to watch them. If you want to watch them, hit me up. So now are we going to talk about them a little more in depth? Um, yeah, you know what, let's, let's do that. Let's talk about them for, you know, what's, because they're, they're running right now. Like I said, it's Arrow season five, Flash season three. So we're going to kind of get into maybe some territory where we're going to talk about things that are going on in the shows now, guys. Yeah, so if you, uh, you know, like I said, if you're not watching them, go start watching enjoy they are very enjoyable by themselves thanks for listening yeah and and and, and you know it's like I said, one one more thing before we move on um they really just the crossover between these shows is very fun to watch too so um you know like i said it's not like you need to you know you need to watch arrow um to get the flash arrow crossover you might need to like reach over in the netflix queue to the other show to watch the second half of it but it's not like you have to watch both to enjoy the crossovers. Right. But it's so much more enjoyable when you do, especially once we get to the point where all four shows are crossing over together. It's a lot of fun. And I highly recommend watching all of them for that reason alone. Anyway. Absolutely. So here we are crossing over into spoiler territory for Arrow Season 5, Flash Season 3, and Supergirl and Legends of Tomorrow Season 2. Yes. Uh, everyone dies! No, I'm just kidding. I wish. <laughs> They're just starting nice over. Pain. Yeah. Um, I wish everything would just start over. Let's talk about them in the order of how they premiered. So let's talk about Arrow first. Um, this season has been somewhat of a renaissance for, for Arrow because these last couple seasons have been rough. So in season three, uh, for those of you who don't remember, uh, Oliver fought Ra's al Ghul. Um, in season four, he fought Damian Dark. And both those seasons, I think, were widely viewed as disappointing they were disappointing for me i i i i'm either one of those non-wide people uh that that uh that liked the race season the race season was definitely better it had more you know what it got worse after the mid-season finale mm-hmm. but that mid-season finale that was cool yeah it was a good one it, it's excellent it's the it's the it is literally the closest thing i will ever get to the shirtless sword fight between Batman and Raish. That's, That's true. Literally, only it didn't rage for hours and hours. It raged for five seconds. Yeah. But still cool. Yeah, you know what? But yeah, I think that's where it sort of started to diverge. Uh, I think the problems with Arrow was they relied too heavily on the flashbacks. They started to try and like... A lot of these shows, uh, I feel like, sometimes struggle with when you make one character more prominent, you have others that suffer because of it. Yeah. Like when Arrow brought in, brought in Sarah, I think uh, Laurel suffered because of it. And they got rid of Sarah, and Felicity got more prominent. Right. And then and, and Diggle also suffered, I think, once Felicity became more prominent. Because it was kind of like, at first they were like a three-tiered team. Right. Whereas then, like, once they really made it, Oliver and Felicity is the focus. Diggle suffered. Laurel suffered. Roy suffered until the point of him leaving the show. So I think they they sort of lost their way for a little bit. I'm gonna kind of be even though they more, have their bright spots. I'm gonna be a little more critical at this point of the podcast because those people who are still here with us listening right now, 
kind of have watched these shows and kind of know that like for all that you love them, they get a little frustrating because because of you've been through all the seasons and because you've been through all the the moments with these characters. So like, you know, the this season for all it's like, you know, renaissance, you know, like what you're talking about where all these characters are left and stuff. Like Sarah's on Legends of Tomorrow. She's not dead. We never talk about her on Arrow. She's never important ever again. She like she went from someone that Oliver was literally sleeping like literally sleeping with, then she fake died while she died, came back, mm. and all of a sudden Oliver didn't want to sleep with her anymore and she was gone. Like what happened from when she was sleeping in Oliver's bed to waking up and then being like, Okay, bye. Like they were like falling back in love again and then all of a sudden like they abandoned that storyline to be like, She's getting on a boat now. And now, like, it was like, oh, and now he's going to become, like, the next Rachel Ghoul. And then it was like, oh, now she's going to Legends of Tomorrow. And then she was never spoken about again. Yeah, but you know what? This show... Which I, is very I, weird. It wasn't... It, I wouldn't say that's exclusive to Sarah. I think a lot of like, these shows... We just abandon things and move on. Yeah, and characters... Like, look, look at, like, look at Supergirl with, like, uh, Maxwell Lord. We haven't mentioned Maxwell. Maxwell Lord was a major character in season one. Yeah, season two didn't think mention about him how once. wrong that the, there's this moment in bed with Oliver and uh, and uh, Sarah, where he's like, you know, of all the things on the island, I don't regret taking. I don't t- regret. I, I now I don't regret taking you. And like you know, like you know, what I had, what you know, the feelings I felt for you were very, very real. The very next season, by the end of it. Laurel now all of a sudden is his obsession again. It's like, well, I always loved Laurel in my heart of hearts. And it's kind of like, you know, at the, the way that the, they bounce the between, less, yeah. it's like very weird. It's like, a little uncomfortable. Get, get, right. Is he now no longer remorseful that he chose Sarah or did he not choose Sarah and he fucked up and, you know, his love was always Laurel? Like, or what about, like, what about, right. what, what about Felicity? It? What about Felicity? Well, I'm just saying, like, think about how weird now place now Felicity in the middle of this, and it's like, hmm, I love you. And now it's like all, all of it was was abandoned for this, you know, I always loved Laurel crusade at the beginning of this season to the point where now, like, you would almost never know that him and Felicity were engaged. Yeah, like, they, they hardly like ever they never uh, speak reference of it. it. Yeah. They ne- she's with Billy Malone at the beginning of the season. We basically never talk about it. Um, and like go back a season to the Christmas episode where she's like shot on the floor and you thought like Oliver and Felicity were like long term and like you thought that that was like end game for the show and now we're on this season and he's like you know friggin doting over Susan Williams and it's like you know what is it what is it gonna be what yeah. is it like how it's... many freaking girls are we gonna abandon on the show this show has like girl ADD yeah like ADHD it just stuff... hyperactively and jumps it's, it's from depressing. person to person it's depressing because they're to these gr- actresses it's, uh, yeah and they're, yeah. they're great characters they're great actresses and I think a lot of them you know it's almost like the show doesn't know what to do with them once they're not with Oliver yeah it's like Laurel was great until she wasn't with Oliver then bleh. you know Sarah was great until she wasn't with Oliver then they're like yeah I guess we gotta kill her the next episode uh, Felicity was great yeah. until she wasn't with Oliver. Then you know it's it's just sad. Now she's done sad... she's done her worst season yet on this season. Yeah, it's it's just sad treatment of these characters that deserve a little bit better. Yeah. Um, so hopefully, I mean, hopefully they'll fix that. I, I think it's definitely a problem that needs fixing moving forward. Stop abandoning storylines with characters because you want to move on to the next thing. But, Earn the next thing. But that's what again. That's why you know getting back to the good. 
I think that's what's one of the things that's so great about this season is they sort of took all of this like stuff that we skimmed over that Oliver did. Yeah, but they just deleted it. They just like retconned it. What do you mean retconned it? They're like just like just kind of like you know like oh let's pretend it like didn't matter didn't happen and it's kind of like you know okay we get it because your ratings sucked you want to go back to square one with the feeling of the show but it it feels like these characters are stupid uh, to a point where they forget their own character development like last season Oliver went around the whole time making sure everyone was a better person. And now at the beginning of the season, he's like, I hate everything because the love of my life died. Even though I'm going to forget that I called Laurel, uh, Felicity, the love of my life last season. And now all of a sudden, now this season, Felicity was the, uh, not Felicity, um, uh, Laurel was the love of my life. Even though I said Felicity was the love of my life. But you know what? Now all of a sudden, I don't wanna, now I'm a dark character. I don't want to dwell on it too much because clearly I think the way that they handled getting into this season it was like they're acknowledging that mistakes were made, and obviously things were gonna be weird. Listen, I'm not having a bad season with it, but if I'm mentioning, if I'm gonna mention all of my pros about all these shows, you gotta mention the good and the bad. But I think for it's for to enjoy this season and to like really just like appreciate what they're doing, you sort of have to skim over all the bads that happen because, not not skim over, but like I feel like they're they're doing what they can to get away from them, and they. They sort of, you know, there's certain things that you can't make up with. You can't make up for. You just have to, like, say, okay, this happened. We're moving forward. And that's how I think that this season has, has progressed. And I really like the fact that they're they're using uh, all the stuff that you could have looked at as a problem with the show and been like, yeah, you know what? Maybe maybe he shouldn't have handled it like that. Maybe that maybe he was wrong to, to kill all those people. Maybe this and that. And they really made that the crux of, like, you think you can do all these things and get away with it. You can't. Yeah. And it's a really great villain this season. One of the best in the universe. I really like where things have went. Yeah. On that side of things, I like everything. I like where the show's headed villain-wise. I like who they used as a villain. I like what the reveal was for the villain. I like how it was revealed. I love the episode that we just got. I... I think in, in that facet, I'm strictly talking about my cons are strictly in character relationship. I think, which I think this show suffers. This show uh, has, has the more, worst of them. Yeah, definitely. Like literally we have honestly no way, no relationship ADHD on, um, on the flash. There. Except Caitlin. Well, we could talk about that. Huh? And that's not her fault. That's the show. Oh no, Again, you, no, no, but fault. that's not the show's fault. She's just a character who has no luck with, with men. Yeah, but that's such, that's such sad writing. <laughs> Every season, she ends up with a well, different you guy. Well, CW shows where everyone is always stupping all the time. Like it's like you know, it's like it's not realistic. Like there's got to yeah, be a character. Leave who's her like, single. Let her let her like not suffer for five minutes. But she gets herself into those scenarios. But also like they tie up the loose end. Arrow just goes like, remember Susan Williams? Oh yeah, she died in a car accident. <laughs> I've always loved Felicity. Like it's like you know. Yeah, right. I feel like we're gonna dive back. Like, like if Legends of Tomorrow ever gets canceled, Sarah, before I Arrow, can't believe you're back. Sarah, you're back. I love you. You've always been the love of my life. I what about Felicity and Laurel me, and Susan Williams? And when you left me, I, God, Sarah, I, I, I love you. Huntress, you remember Huntress? Huntress kind of pinpoints the exact kind of character development that Arrow has forgotten about. The whole like you know you can, sometimes you can't just you can't scrub the darkness out and Arrow believing you know that she could be better because he's been trying to do it himself, and it's like, okay, let me ask you a question. Now after he revealed he killed people and he kills people and he wanted to and he likes it, okay, what is the resolution of this season gonna be? 
either A, him accepting it and started keeping killing people, which I don't think is going to happen, or B, trying to scrub the darkness out and becoming a better person. Gee, I wonder what they're getting at. Oh, you mean all the character development done over the past two seasons? That now we went back to having not been a thing? And then now we're going to go back to doing all over again? Man, you're really kidding me, huh? It's like, no, now we're going to do the exact same thing in season in the next season that we did in last season. The whole Oliver trying to be optimistic for everyone, trying to be the person he should have always been, and, you know, trying to scrub the darkness out. Yeah, they like, tried to make him brighter. And then they brought him back here, and now they're going to try and make him brighter again. And then what? This show's got to eat. This show's has to end next season. At some point, yeah, I, I just feel like some point they you, can't keep like you making him happy, making him sad, making him happy, making him a murderer. You have enough. You happy. have enough room to run with at this point with these other shows, um, that you could like keep the good. Uh, you can like keep these characters going, even if you wanted to have Oliver like at post cancellation. Yeah, no, not even cancellation. Post post ending, like kind of like you know. Establish the fact that Arrow is in the universe. He is alive. The team is strong. They're gonna continue as you know them in the comics. And sayonara. We don't even we don't need to see an episode by episode, blow by blow, because now we know Arrow's on strong feet. The city loves him. He approves of himself, and his life's gonna go according to plan. Yeah. So maybe you see him show up on, on the Flash with um with his canary being like you know. We're here to help. Yeah, exactly. And you see the superhero that's happening independently on his own. You don't need to see it episodically because you know what's going on. Yeah, it's like there's no Iron Man Somewhere 4. Somewhere in there's... this world, Arrow's out there kicking some ass. There's no Iron Man 4, but we see him in the Avengers. We see him in Captain America Civil War. We know the, the Iron Man's kicking ass. We see him in Spider-Man Homecoming. Yeah, exactly. We don't need to see every happenstance in his life. I think about this. In Civil going. War, you know, Tony, at the end of, at the end of, um, at the end of Age of Ultron, Tony Stark says, "I'm gonna, you know, I'm done being Iron Man," and walks away from the Avengers Tower. Civil War, the next, the 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 Avengers, uh, you know, facility. The next, the next movie, he tells the audience while telling Captain America, "I never stopped." And then, and then, and then, and then, and then, I never stopped. And so, wait a minute, does that mean we have to go back now and see every time he was Iron Man that we didn't get to see since Age of Ultron to now in Civil War? No. He just told us. Well, that's the kind of moments we need from Oliver in other people's shows. Yeah. You know, like, you know, moments where he shows up and you just think about all the and then and then and thens and go, he just came from somewhere kicking someone else's ass. Yeah, exactly. Like, you, you, know, you don't like, need to necessarily keep the show running I, for, you I know, know Supernatural yeah. Supernatural's been on for like 13 years. I don't want to get to the point where Arrow's running for 13 years because you're going to get to the point where it's just going to get well, boring. Well, those shows, you know, there are, there are like so many mythological creatures and like, you know, myths that you could play on that you could like have be the villain that it like never runs out. It's like they hinged so much on turning Arrow into Batman that at this point there's not much more you can do. They've all, you know, they've ex they've exhausted their writing with Oliver's mood swings as a person, honestly. If they would have never made him happy last season to a point where, like, you know, he wasn't killing and using the boxing glove arrows and using, like, you know, like the gadget. They tried to make him end game arrow last season. Yeah. They screwed they themselves. They needed to save that Oliver for next season. Well, that's how I feel with this and season. And this Oliver should have been two seasons ago. But that's how, I mean, that's just how I feel with Prometheus as a villain. Is it's almost like he's making Oliver answer for everything that he's done. It almost feels like an endgame sort of villain. 
And like, I don't know where they you didn't go earn this yet. Yeah. See, what they did was they they discerned it. They needed to put last season, uh, Oliver after this in this season next season, if that makes sense. That makes they needed sense. to put Oliver na- from last season that thinks he's happy and is not killing people. Imagine Prometheus coming out of the woodbrooks being like, you think you're happy? You think you're a good guy? You think you could just stop killing and it's Heidi Ho, the Dario? You're going to just do whatever you want? That thing's going to bother me? No, I'm going to bother you. You're answering for the murders in the first couple of, or the first half of this uh, show. And then he brings the Oliver that thinks he's high and mighty now to his knees and has him break. And then end the season with the, the resolution that for better or worse, I am the Green Arrow. And that's how you end Arrow. Yep. None of this was written in the appropriate timeline. So it feels rushed. It feels like relationships were abandoned. It feels like character It feels like character development was abandoned. Now it's going to go killer Oliver, non-killer, happier Oliver, killer Oliver, happier Oliver. It should just go murderer Oliver, progressively not murdery Oliver that finds the family and the team. Then Oliver, who kind of like sinks back into like, you know, his old ways. And then kind of at the end, I don't need to be that. I am now going to try and be something else. I'm going to be the green arrow. Right. And then have him end not killing people. Not like relapsing into murder again. Yeah. And then ending not murdering. That's not what they think that's all what over people the place. want. It's too all over the place is what I'm saying. And, but I'm enjoying the season and I think it's doing really great. Yeah, let's, let's talk about because we, we have three more shows to talk about. We're already running pretty long here. So let's talk about the, the Flash. Other. What? Let's go right to the Flash. Yeah, let's go. I to, think that I think Legends of Tomorrow is a quick one. Yeah, let's so, yeah, let's talk about Flash next. Um Flash has been Flash has been pretty interesting this season. Um I got to say I'm getting a little sick of the speedster villains. Yeah. Uh but they like said next season they're not going to do another speedster, so I can't fault them too much. I guess they realize that it's a lot. Uh Flash has got a, gotten a little dark this season as you mentioned earlier. Um I, I think that's just sort of a product of all that they've been through on the show and all that Barry's been through. Um but I like that they haven't fully lost the the stuff that makes it fun and the stuff right. that makes it light. Even when even in its darker moments, even in the moments where Barry's sort of loses his heroism they still find a way to pull it out and make it light and make it fun it's feeling a little similar episode to episode for me now like like the arrow episodes are so like at least they're so um turbulent that they're so dissimilar episode to episode that you just go like you know for better or worse i'm enjoying this Mm -hmm. flash you just go like i know i enjoy this show so i'm enjoying this because i enjoy the characters and the relationships but like the episodes are so um similar that you just go, um, you go from episode to episode going, okay, this episode, before I even click play on this episode, I have to say virus from his avatar, Wally, I need your help, Wally, you need to become fast enough, no, 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 I need to become fast enough, Joe is concerned from the sidelines <laughs> about Barry and Iris, Barry, you need to just, you know, go with your gut, Iris, you just need to trust Barry. Cisco's gonna do his, put his hand on someone's head and create a boom tube. Uh, it's, vibe yeah, someone. It's, it's just like it's the same episode every it's time. It's definitely now. slogging along a little slower than it was. Savitar, 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 Savitar. But Savitar, I gotta say, Savitar, as much as, as as much as like I said, as much as I'm sick of the speedster villain, Savitar's a great villain. Very powerful, very strong. He's only, he's only powerful in his silence. But you know what? That's not a bad thing. No, no, no. I'm saying like I think that that's that's why he's powerful. He's powerful in his silence. Like sometimes silence, silence is definitely. Yeah, exactly. Like I feel like people like Damian Dark were were not good villains. Too they present. Talk... Exactly. They talked too much. They did too much. Savitar, the fact that like we don't see him much, 
And when we do, he's terrifying and powerful. Yeah. I thought that's why Zoom works so well, too, is, like, when we didn't, you know, we didn't see too much of them. Yeah. And I think it's working. Um, but and So, one, yeah, Flash. One last thing before we move off Flash. Uh, I really liked the musical episode. Oh, go to hell. It was so fun. Go to hell. The songs were good. It was so much fun. And um, I loved it. And I hope they do more. What a freaking boner you are! Uh, <laughs> <laughs> sorry, everyone. No, it was it was fine. It wasn't it wasn't my favorite. I just think that they were like, oh, we were all on uh, musicals once. Let's uh, let's all be triple threats and uh, be in the show. They are all triple threats. Let's all dance and sing and they act. They can the all time. dance, sing, and act. They're so talented. Oh please! It's like you know. It's like, oh my god! Oh, oh by the way. Um, what's his name? Uh, Victor Garber. Yeah. He sings like that freaking cowardly lion. <laughs> he was the original Anthony in Sweeney Todd. Man, <sighs> that's all I have to say. Dan and anyway, I were in Sweeney Todd in high school together. Yes, we were with Victor Garber. Guess which one of us was Sweeney Todd? <laughs> the guy who sits around with the most negative outlook in the room. Yeah, that was me. I was Sweeney Todd. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's only what we're talking about, DC. Yeah. Um. um Movies, that is. Movies. Um, I love these shows. Um, Legends of Tomorrow. Uh, I think this this season has gotten super cheesy, gotten super campy, even more so than it was in the first season, and I love every minute of it. It's so goofy to the point where it just it feels perfect to me. Like it just uh, tonally, I think they struck perfect. The, not, I don't think it's a perfect show, but I think tonally it struck the perfect chord. By deciding that, you know what, we're just going to be totally goofy and we're going to do the craziest, zonkiest things and not apologize for it. Uh, sure. I like I mean, I, I like it. I can't pinpoint why, pinpoint why I like it, so that must be it. I, I think know. that's it. I think that's that's primarily the reason why it works. Yeah. Like, I can't be like, oh, they do this so well. I, I really, if I think about it, I don't think they do anything well. But then I, maybe that's why I like it. <laughs> no, I'm I'm yeah. so serious. Sometimes sometimes something that you wouldn't you wouldn't think you'd like is something that you really enjoy. It's I fair. Don't know. So then we have Supergirl. And then we have Supergirl. Supergirl um Supergirl's interesting because while it's the second season of the show, this is the only their first season on the CW. So mm-hmm. I think it went it, it, you know, it, it still feels like the same show, but it definitely is a little different this season. Yeah, the effects got better. <laughs> Which is crazy because they used to be on CBS, which had a yeah, lot of budget. Yeah, but you're on budget. CBS, but you're getting a tight leash. That's on true. Your, and also like, CW, they're letting you do what you want. Well, do. also think about this: the CW visual effects artists, they take shit budgets all the time and push the envelope of that budget, um, effects wise. They're used to milking shit budgets. The people at CBS visual effects team, they're kind of sitting there used to making taking big budgets on shows and making really realistic effects. So when they got the shit budget they did on CBS, they were like, uh, well, I don't know if we could do much with this. You'll really have to give us a bigger budget. You're not getting it. Uh, okay, so I'll give you what we can give you. They're, those, they're the CBS shirts that are like, you know, well, we can't do much, but no. we'll give you what we can. The people on CW are like, I'm used to working uh, 70 hours a week. To to make these crappy the crappy money you give me uh, worth it on the show when people well, watch I was, it. Yeah, I was listening to it. I was listening to an interview uh, the other day with uh, Dermot Downs, who's like he was he directed the musical episode of The Flash, and he's he's directed a ton of episodes of yeah. all these shows, and uh, I think he's directed all four. I'm not 100 percent sure. This present sure. Don't quote me on that. But he basically, I think he said there's one guy that's really like his visual effects studio is in charge of doing all these shows, and he just knows how to work with a small budget. 
and he yeah. just does he does a great job putting it all together and I think like you said Supergirl benefited from that but yeah. uh Supergirl I really like the, you know the, the one thing this season that bothers me is um it suffers sort of from that arrow syndrome where we kind of just forgot about a lot of the stuff that happened last season and I'm sure a lot of that has to do with the create the creative side of like moving from one network in, in what uh in what facet you think well we lost Cat Grant which we know is because yeah close close to Flockhart didn't want to fly to Vancouver forgot. no but uh, well she's the only one that I'll give the pass on um Oh okay. Uh, Jimmy Olsen, I think, has taken a real backseat, even though he's like got his superhero identity this season. I think they just dropped him like a sack of potatoes um, from being important on the show. In favor of Monel. In favor of Monel, who's a great character, and I think he's been a great addition to the show. Don't get me wrong, but not even as the love interest, just like in being a part of the team. Like, just you know, Win found his place being a part of the DEO. Just Jimmy has no place. He's just like. He just got left on the outside. I feel like that was inevitable, though. You know, we he I, I I thought from the beginning, like I said, I said to myself, self, he was very forced to be on this show. They wanted something that felt familiar to people coming from the Superman mythos, that they could watch this show and go, oh, Jimmy Olsen, I know Jimmy Olsen, Jimmy Olsen, pal of Superman, Jimmy Olsen. They wanted something to kind of like unify the boy audience to the girl audience and go, I know him. I can watch this. It was, yeah, it was just like and, one character too many. And and now all of a sudden that they've given Kara her own characters to play with, Jimmy Olsen, Superman's pal, doesn't fit on Kara's show anymore. Yeah. You know, that's what it's felt like to me. And I've actually been satisfied um, pretty cognizantly, like like – Going, I'm pretty satisfied that you've taken a backseat. Yeah, I, I don't, I don't miss him. I just accepted I, him as guardian. Like I was like, okay, and now you can relax. I don't miss him being a big part of the show, but it just almost feels weird. It's like he's always lurking around. Like, hey, can I do something now? Yeah, like this, like this past episode where he was like, you know, my turn, or whatever he said. Like, I'm like, where the hell did you come from? Yeah, you just, where did you get that suit from? You were just in her apartment. Yeah, he's just waiting like, around to punch somebody. Um. Or maybe you, yeah, like it's like I don't know. But yeah, I mean, and just other like small supporting characters from season one, like uh, like Lucy Lane and Maxwell Lord, just kind of disappeared. And I just think it just felt a little. Wait, weird. where did Maxwell Lord go? Yeah, I don't know. Where did Lucy Lane go? I don't know. Wait, wasn't Maxwell Lord tied up at the end of se- at the end of season one? Yeah, they like just caught him and Lucy he Lane. To what? He went to prison. Yeah, but never never talk. Yeah, exactly. We never talk about him. Yeah, but why would we? Well, they mentioned Maxwell Lord at the beginning of the season. Did they? Yeah, they were like like Maxwell Lord, and they're like, oh, get me started. Just to say, like this show is, has become very Arrow-like already. Yeah, but you know what though? Like at least on the show, like it makes some kind of sense. That's true. Like we moved the network, and like it's pretty obvious that some, you know, I'd rather that than have it get canceled. It's like we moved networks, and it's like some people exactly. obviously we're, gonna we're not going to pay their budget. We're going to sacrifice some things story-wise for the be, sake of keeping the show going. Like some people's salaries are just not payable on a CW budget. That yeah, they I'm, sure, on. I'm sure. Geno, I'm sure. I'm sure. General Duan is not going to be on a CW show. I'm sure. I don't know who that is. Lucy. Lucy. Lane. Yeah. Um, Channing Tatum's wife. Um, but also, like you know, think about like. Calista Flockhart, listen, I'm sure she was she was a class act saying it was because she didn't want to shoot in, in Vancouver. And I'm sure that has mostly to do with it. But also, like, 
you're not paying Ally McBeal's salary on the CW. Yeah. It's just not happening. That's true. She you know, was like, it's like top level she, talent. She was top level TV, like, you know, to a point where now she's TV royalty. Yeah. Like, you're not paying her salary that she got on CBS on CW. That's true. Actually, think about how many Callista Flockharts you see on CW. Yeah, None. even even if she was even if she was in the there's show no more, there's no one with a name like her on CW. Yeah, uh, there's not no and, one. But even you know, and even even if she was on the show more, I feel like it would uh, it would have to be in a limited role. Yeah. So, yeah, whatever. You know, it's that's that's neither here nor there. Um, I think they're doing a good job with the yeah. season. I really love the love story between Kara and Manel. I, I do think too. I think it's been really engaging and I really that, believable. I love that Hercules and uh, Lois Lane were were his parents. Yeah, really cool. Freaking Kevin Sorbo! How the where the hell did you find Kevin Sorbo? He was hanging around somewhere. Oh, like did a, you find a, him at? You found him at some con. He was at like a Krispy Kreme. No, or something. he was sitting at a con at a booth for autographs, and they were just like, "Hey." Want to come play um, Terry Hatcher's husband on uh, a Superman show? But think about it. Was like, like, well, that's, that's close to Hercules. That's, that's what this show has just been the, this season, which I loved. Can like... we have Lucy Lawless? Can we get now? Well, that's my thing. Is wait a minute. How cool would it have been for '90s shows if Kevin Sorbo and Lucy Lawless? If for those of you who don't know, those were the '90s Hercules and Xena Warrior Princess. Yeah, would have been cool. As his parents, how got all that? Like maybe she should have been fighting like um, Dean Cain. How cool would that have been? If, like be she cool. was like some alien that like you know ended up like becoming like questioned by the DEO, not the DEO, uh, Cadmus, and like you see saw got a scene between her and Dean Kane. Instead, we should have had Kevin Sorbo and Lucy Lawless as the Daxamites. That, that would have been, been cool. dope. But you know, either way, you got you got, I got Dean, something cool yeah. anyway. You got Kevin Sorbo, you got Dean Kane, you got Terry Hatch, you got Linda Carter as the president this season, which was awesome. So that's that just means Lucy. Lawless, wherever you are. She's on her way. Just come on some sort of show. Yeah. Please be in Wonder Woman in some facet in the movies. Thank you. Okay. Um. Yeah, but uh, it's it, it's great show. Don't have, don't great have much, show. Don't have much bad to say about it. Really, I think at the end of this podcast, what you have to keep in mind is if you want Mike Lupia to like your DC movie, all you have to do is make it a musical. Yo, don't <laughs> laugh. I would watch the heck out of a DC musical movie. It was like Ben Affleck singing about being Batman. Batman. I'm Batman. I'm murdering all these people and I'm well, Batman. Well, Superman, I have just one question for you. Do you bleed? You will. There you go. There's, like, like there's Sweeney Todd. No, that one. Martha, what like, you say Like how I kept the you will in the same vein of the, yeah. Martha, why did you say, say that name? Over it. Martha, Martha why, why, why'd you say that name? Okay, we're getting very carried away with this. I think we're writing it right here, people. Mm. What's happening live? live this again. is Katana. She's got my back. I advise you not get killed by her. Her sword steals people's souls. It needs up my crack. <laughs> we should do a whole episode where we just make DC musicals. I would be, I'd be fine with it. At the beginning, we'd have Batman going, na 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 me. <laughs> <laughs> All right, folks. There you have it. You have your trailers. Yeah. You have your CW. If you have anything else you want to hear from us, any questions diarrhea. about the, the CW-verse, uh, any Eight? comments, concerns, <laughs> cat poop Johns. any cat poop Johns. I think um, we've created a show. Hit us up here. on the social medias. 
um, medias. <laughs> it's up on the social medias. You can find our social media information on the Hot Salad World website, where you can find tons of hot salad content, um, which I highly recommend. Check it out. Podcasts, blogs, general cool people that are just as cool as we are. Um, if not cooler. Significantly cooler than Dan. Significantly cooler than Mike. Get out of here. This guy loves the, the movie awesome. musical version of the uh, CW verse, which is already a soap opera. <laughs> what does that tell you? Okay, with that. <laughs> with that. Check out, check out our old episodes. Subscribe, rate, comment, review. Let us know what you want to see more of or hear yeah, more we're of. Gonna, you can't really see us, so that's not really... We're going to hit you with that. Uh, you know, We wanted to take a break here so we could talk about the CW shows a little bit because we've been really enjoying them and we thought it was about time that we addressed yeah. it. But we're going we're gonna to do our DC movie history uh, in the next week or so, so be on the lookout for that. And with that, I bid you a cat poop, John. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, this is cat poop, Mike. I've I was going to say, say, say I bid you adieu, but then I was like, i got to throw in one more cat poop, John reference. Before the sentence. Anyway. Cap up, John. Good night, everybody. Good night.